Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there. Way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What is up, everybody? DJ Bucky back here on Move the Sticks. And Buck, I always ask how you doing, but now that we have a game tonight and you happen to be in the city going to the game tonight, how fired up are you, man? I'm really fired up. I'm really fired up because it's uh, it's exciting whenever the season starts. And the Hall of Fame game is kind of the extra game where you get a chance to see all the young players and those things. But DJ, you know, like once it starts, like once it starts tonight, it is on, like, because it will be nonstop until the middle of February. So it's a fun time. It's fun to watch these guys. It's fun to watch uh, the Gold Jacket guys who will be in attendance. Um, but it's the official kickoff to the season. I mean, even though we have the real kickoff, like, in September. But it's the official kickoff because once it you starts ever, now, it's going going back. Did you ever play in this thing or be on a team that uh, scouting-wise that played in this thing? No, I did not because this is an extra game. Now, yeah. for some players, depending on your standing on the team, it's great. For others, not so much. <laughs> but it's uh it's different. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's it's different because they moved the game because now they have the game before the ceremonies after that snafu years ago, uh, where they used to have it at the end of the weekend. But 
Yeah, we see how it goes. All right, we're, we're going to get into a really kind of a fascinating study that was done by the 33rd team, which is a really cool uh, site. They do some excellent work. And they did a, uh, a study on uh, the organizations that have converted the most of their draft picks into second contracts, whether with them or with somebody else. Basically saying the guys you drafted stayed in the league, which means you're doing a pretty good job. So um, it's not a perfect study because you think about where guys were picked and some teams might have had a lot of sixth and seventh round picks and those didn't convert. Take it with a grain of salt, but it's fascinating. We're going to look at that in just a little bit. Uh, also going to look at the game uh, with the uh, with the Raiders and the Jags. We've talked a lot about the Jags. We're going to lean into the Raiders a little bit on today's show. But I want to start, Buck, because I think you know we always tap into our scouting experiences. But I always I always like getting your playing side of things. You've you've been in preseason as a a rookie high pick where you 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 made the team like you're not sweating that mm. but there's been other times in your career where you come in there and you're fighting and clawing to make sure you find yourself on that roster what's the like give us a, a little sense of the mindset and how the difference can be from knowing you're good to knowing I gotta I gotta scrap make sure I make this team I think when you're rookie and you come in as a draft pick is the excitement of playing I mean you 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 know you don't even think about like being good like as a second round pick I didn't necessarily think about like the team is just the excitement of playing in your, your your first pro game. And so you have the nerves and you've heard all about pro football, but it's the, the first realization of the dream. Like the practices and all this stuff is different, but when you put on the uniform and the helmet and you run out in the crowd and the opponent and those things, it becomes real. And I just remember like the rubber legs, you know, like everything that you would get in high school all over again, the butterflies, the rubber legs. And fortunately for me, I was returning a kick, so I got a chance to touch the ball early. And DJ, it was a blur. I remember him kicking it off, and then the play was over. And I don't remember anything in between. It was so fast. And so then you eventually settle down and you start playing. As a bubble guy, a roster guy, it's different because depending on where you are on the depth chart, you may not get your first action until middle of the second quarter or in the second half. And so you have to stay dialed in when everyone is relaxing around you. All the first teamers are putting the hats on, popping the pads off. For you, it's it's serious business. And Mm -hmm. so can you stay locked in and focused when everybody on the outside, fans included, are saying, this part doesn't matter. We've seen the starters. But now can you watch and go out and play when the quote-unquote scrubs are out and play at a high level? That's the part. That is the trick. Can you play when it doesn't appear that everyone, anyone really cares about what's going on on the field? And I know I've seen these guys at the teams that I've worked for. I'm curious, guys you've played with, were there were there red light guys where, you know, you've been in camp with, with these guys for a couple of weeks and there's some, we call them Thursday All-Americans, right? Unbelievable. And then all of a sudden the lights come on and you get in the, on the field in a preseason game, an opponent, and they kind of disappear. But on the other side, you got some guys like, oh, I just don't know, man. I just don't see it. Then all of a sudden the light goes on. You're like, whoa, that's a different that's a different dude out here tonight. It is a different dude. And, and DJ, you know, uh, as scouts, like we say a lot of stuff up until that first preseason game. Oh, man, I really <laughs> like him, this and that. Yeah. We're good to go. feel like this team is good. And coaches are denied. After that first preseason game, the depth chart changes. Yeah. Like all these – big plans that we have for these players and this and that and veterans that are just kind of out there in no man's land, the phone starts ringing after the first preseason game. Because when you see guys in action, you either have that, whoa, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> <laughs> and you get on the horn. And so yeah. it changes. And so these games matter. And like the little appearances that happen in game one, they will change the depth chart. And guys will get on the horn and they'll start going to their 
uh, emergency boards and looking at players that, hey, maybe we maybe we need a little more depth here at corner. Maybe we need to bring some of these vets in or pick up the phone. And we might just want to be ready because I don't know if our guy that we were banking on, I don't know if, if, if he's going to be that. And it's really off that first impression of a preseason game. The other thing I want to point out is the importance of these, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys who kind of enter the league a little bit on that roster bubble. These guys have all been star players in college. They, they've been out there on offense or defense. Very rarely have they played a lot of special teams. Now, there's some programs like Notre Dame is one. They play a lot of their guys on on core teams. Um, but that is a huge evaluation for them getting to see live special teams reps to see, man, can I roster this guy? Can he be my fourth? Can't be my fourth, fifth receiver if you can't cover kicks. I can't get you active. You know, maybe you make the team, but you're not getting a jersey on game day. You're going to be inactive. So that to me, offense, defense. I think the fans are kind of curious to see what these first, second round picks. To me, like where the the real important stuff is. Watch special teams and watch the back end roster guys. That's where those jobs get decided. One of the things that I've always advised young players, and it comes from personal experience, um, when you're getting ready for training camp and getting ready for preseason games. Conditioning is everything because, DJ, you alluded to for the first time in a lot of these players' careers, they're being asked to play special teams. So, for instance, I'm a cornerback. Uh, when the punt team runs out, I go as a gunner and I run down the field and cover the kick. My unit is now up on defense. They have an 8, 9, 10 play drive. We finally force a punt. Now I got to go outside and play vice. And so what happens real quickly the fatigue sets in and you're just in survival mode, right? And so if you haven't done a really good job of getting yourself um, conditioned mentally and physically, uh, you just fall apart in the preseason game. And it won't necessarily be because of skill. It'll just be because I am so fatigued that I can't focus and lock in. And so a lot of it is, yeah, we're looking at the talent and the skills. We're looking at the conditioning and we're looking to see who is going to be the same player that we saw on the practice field on game day. Can he take all the great things that he did on the practice field throughout training camp and OTAs and all-season workouts? Will that player show up and play well on game day? Because you talked about those red light players. There are a ton of them that can't take what they do in practice and make it translate into the games. Yeah, I mean, what are some of those other you know things you looked for in a preseason game? I know we've talked about this in years past, but it's totally different. It's way easier for evaluators now. We used to have to go to the game. You take that folder. I don't have one around me. Oh, yeah. I know you're talking about. Yeah, and you'd write those boxes. So you'd have – I mean, it would literally be like this big. You got this, and you've got every little box, so all the backing guys. So you're you're going and scouting other teams in preseason, and one of the things you would have to do – you remember this? You'd have to write, entered the game, 1403 third quarter. So then I could go back and watch the tape, and I could find them because these guys are shuttling in and out, and I don't know where he is. I might watch the whole game, and three of these guys didn't play. One of them was only in for a series, and you might miss it if you don't pay attention. Now I can get in the computer, type the guy's name up. It'll populate every play that he played. It's a totally different, totally different setup. It is totally different. But you remember how stressful and chaotic it was? Um, because this wasn't our normal hustle as college scouts. So the way that it works, when you get into the preseason, all the college scouts go into their respective team's city. They go, they set their schedule like we used to. Oh, I got to set my schedule, book yeah. all my hotel reservations, get all my car rentals and all that other stuff. People will be um, very particular about that. But then you're scouting your own team and making reports. But then the other part of it is when you go home, you now are assigned to some preseason games that might be in your area. So the Chargers were always the team that I would have to yeah. go see. 
So it's the Chargers versus another random team. I would have a list of people. You talk about the file folder that you would put all the boxes in and you put the numbers in and the, the position. And you're trying to look at real time. You're trying to scout real time and submit a report the next day. And so I just remember, and this this is the funny thing. I remember when Antonio Gates was playing for the San Diego Chargers, and it was his free agent year, the first year out, right? And he's wearing, I think he wore 49 in the preseason. <laughs> and so I'm like, uh, okay, I see him. He runs around. The ball doesn't really go in his direction. So you got to put a grade on what you saw. And I might have given him like a 4.9, like incomplete, I don't know, whatever. And then like DJ, like, a year or whatever later, he's making these plays. And I'm like, I don't even remember yeah. seeing I don't remember seeing him. And so it's one of those things where you're trying to flash scout and all that. But it is one of those things. The second half, uh, as a scout, you better eat up before the game. Because mm-hmm. during the game, there's no getting up and getting a drink and all that because there are too many people shuttling in and out the game to keep up with the numbers. And you got your binoculars. You got to look at the kick teams. You, you finally get the numbers down for kickoff. And then, oh, my God, defense is up. Oh, they've already substituted? When did he get in the game? And so it is very stressful. Very let, let, stressful let's, let's give a, a homework assignment because I know we have a lot of people that, that listen to the pod and, and watch the clips um, that, that are aspiring scouts. A lot of people that are in college personnel working with teams. Let me give you a little homework. If you want to kind of you know get a taste of what it's like to be a scout, I want you to just pick one team. And you, that's going to be your team you follow in the preseason. So pick one team that you work for, mm. right? Whatever your favorite mm-hmm. team is. You're like yeah. the deal. You're a Packer fan. So you're going to say, okay, I work for the Packers. The team I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch uh, the Rams, okay? And then get a piece of paper out. Go look at their roster. Write down all of their fourth and beyond draft picks from this year. So fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round rookies. And then they're rookie free agents, okay? So we're just going to look at these first-year guys. When you're doing it as a team, a lot of times we'll look at Mm. second, third-year guys too. But let's just, this for the exercise, print out that list. You might have 20, you know, 15. Should be about 20, 20 names. Yeah, 15 Yeah, no no more than 20. It might be, you know, 12 to 15 names. So you're going to write those down. Then you're going to know the Packers roster because you're your favorite team, whatever your favorite team is. And then – Watch those preseason games, and at the end of the preseason, with those 15 to 20 players' names, you need to label them in one of these categories like we would do. This is somebody I would claim. In other words, like if he Mm -hmm. got cut, I would put in a claim because he makes our 53-man roster. This is somebody that could be on our practice squad. So if he gets cut, we're going to try and sign him to be on our practice squad. This could be a workout guy. Okay, not going to claim him. I don't know if he's worth the practice squad, but he's intriguing. He's got a, a you know some speed, or he's got this, that, or the other. We bring him in for a workout. Or number four, it's a reject, not interested. But you could take those fifteen names and then you put him in one of those four categories. That's that's actually a pretty good. That's a pretty good example of what you would do as, as a scout during this time of year. It, it it absolutely is, and it's one of those things. And I think what this will do, and I think for everyone who kind of fancies himself as an aspiring scout or guys who just love the NFL draft. I think the preseason is really important, not only in terms of like looking at what the guys that you saw in the 2022 draft class are doing, but just kind of try and get a sense of who is playing around the league. Mm Because I think what you do is if you really study the league, it might help you become a little more forgiving 
when it comes to the grades, particularly when it comes to offensive linemen. Yes, right tackles things. specifically. Yeah, like it if you if you if you can watch preseason and see who is actually playing, like guys who are playing or making rosters, the flaws and all, I think it would give you a greater sense of oh, this is how I need to grade the position when we're beginning to talk about college guys. Because it is very look as as much as we love like the prototypes and we want the perfect guy who has the balance, the body control, the long arms, and those things. Those guys are kind of unicorns. And you have mm-hmm. a lot of guys in the league who, DJ, I remember we go to these schools, and you're like, man, this guy can't play. Then you look at me like, man, this guy's played eight years in the league. Like, and, 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 and so with offensive line in particular, I think it's really important. Look at the preseason games. Look at who performs. Look at how they perform over the course of the preseason. And I think you'll be surprised at who actually makes it in this league compared to those who don't. I always laugh because the pro department would always give the college department their marching orders before they went out, right? Before you send those guys out to these preseason games. And every year it would be like, all right, guys, this year, keep an eye, see if we can find a tackle and see if we can find a corner. And I'm like, oh, okay. As opposed to the previous year, we're looking for a tackle, a corner. Next, <laughs> next year, we're going to be looking for a tackle on a corner. The year after that, we're going to be looking for a tackle on a corner. Everybody in the whole league is looking for a tackle on a corner. Nobody's cutting a good tackle or a good corner. It's not happening. No, it's it's not. And so what you have to do is you got to find the guys that flash on special teams because yeah. now it's the special teams plus. Can they perform well enough on special teams to maybe earn the right to have a jersey on the game day active? That's what you're trying to do. Can I can I keep him as a special teamer while he's developing skills to be a full-time player on offense or defense? And that's why special teams matter. And it's at a time when special teams have kind of been minimized a little bit with the rules. Yeah. But you still have to find guys that can make contributions, covering kicks, returning kicks, being blockers, being guys that can maybe block a kick. Um, and so you got to dig deeper. But you really got to pay attention to the, to the kicking game because that's where a lot of these guys are going to make the team. No doubt. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and delve into this study about uh, teams doing the best job of converting on these second contracts. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. 
You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. <laughs> hey, guys. Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, Buck. So here, here it is again. This is from the 33rd team. It's a great website. Go check that out. Actually, a good buddy of mine, TJ McCrate, is now uh, is now doing some work with them as well. We got to get him on the pod. Um, but they're doing a really good job over there. It's Mike Tannenbaum and his crew. Um, but this was the study. So if you're looking at how well you've drafted, um, and this is a study that goes back to 2008 through 2017. So we're not saying you know you've drafted this many Pro Bowlers or you know this many starters. This is just the the percentage of players you've drafted that have earned a second contract. So they've survived in the league for more than three or four years. Um, the, the top teams here, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Miami, Baltimore, Seattle. Green Bay is, is one enjoyed a lot of success during the, that time period. Tampa's obviously won a Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Miami, I would say, probably a little bit underperforming during this period of time for you know drafting some, some solid players. Baltimore's been a pretty consistent winner. And Seattle, obviously, during that time, had a heck of a run. So the one I would say is a little bit of the outlier there would be maybe Miami. Yeah, like uh, those other teams have reputations for being draft and develop mental programs, meaning they do a really good job of identifying what they want. They kind of have a standard. And there's been a lot of stability within those organizations to make sure that they understand the profile of the kind of player that they want. And they have a development plan that works with the coaches to get those guys up to speed. The Miami Dolphins are a little surprising because of the turnover. And I would say maybe some of the lack of success in terms of the record success. But when you look, they they do have 
talented skilled players. They've had talented players um, on both sides of the ball. The area where they've struggled has been in the trenches, offensive line. They haven't been able to necessarily get it going. And so that's been the biggest problem when it comes to winning games. But in terms of procuring talent, they've been at the top of the charts. And and this is a surprise. But, yeah, like that, they have good players. Mm-hmm. They just haven't put it together. Yeah, and I think that's pretty accurate description of where they are coming into this year. I don't think anybody disputes the fact there's a lot of talent on their team. Now they got to translate that into wins. Um, that was kind of the takeaway there from the top. I think it's kind of a chicken or egg argument. When you think about the continuity, you use that word, Green Bay. It's been, you know, it's been a change from Ted Thompson, obviously, but they're all in the same tree. They've all been at Goody's been in that organization forever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're definitely a stable organization. Baltimore, even from Ozzie to Eric, Eric's worked there for 30 years or however long he's been there. So that's stability. Seattle with Pete Carroll and John Schneider, that's a long run of stability. It's a it's a pretty good argument. The question is, well, have they had success, which is why they've been able to stay there. Or are they having success because they've stayed mm. there? You know, it's kind of an interesting chicken or egg argument. It, it is an interesting argument. And there is something to the stability um, because what happens is everyone in the organization who has come through there the last 10 to 15 years knows exactly what uh, the organization values, not only in terms of character standpoint, the kind of guys that they want to bring into the building, but then you begin to have a solid feel for, hey, these are the type of offensive linemen we like. These are the type of cornerbacks that we like. And so that allows you to have conversations in draft day where you're like, hey, this guy kind of reminds me of a previous guy that we brought in the program that had success or maybe had failures. But you're able to make these comparisons, not like the TV comparisons that we make, but the comparisons to kind of help a coach envision how this player may come along when he enters the program. Hey, he kind of reminds me of this player that we had that, like, it took a couple years, but when it popped, it popped in a major way. So maybe we need to kind of put him on the same same or similar plan. All right, let's go to the bottom teams in terms of converting this. Dead last, Chicago Bears, and they are well below everybody else. The second worst was uh, Jacksonville at 62%. Chicago is at 54%. So they're significantly at the bottom, and obviously they have not enjoyed much success uh, during that time period. The, the surprising ones, Indy's in there, um, and I think that's some of the argument about what they did or didn't do to support Andrew Luck. There's a great podcast mm-hmm. out right now that delves into that. Um, yeah. But they have not had a lot of guys on second deals. And then uh, the other one I would say is New England. Think about who's – nobody's had more success during this uh, time period than the New England Patriots, yet they had a lot of players that didn't get second contracts. They've They've had some misses now in the draft. What they've been able to do is they've been able to cover some of that up with Coaching quarterbacks and really, really good work on the pro side in terms of bringing in free agents, buying low, and and having those guys really hit. Yeah, the two ways to think about the misses with the teams that we talked about. We talked about Jacksonville, Chicago, and New England. Uh, there's a school of thought that says, particularly when it comes to New England, uh, they cut bait. As soon as they realize that the guy's not there, they, they, they cut bait. It's not going to work. And regardless of your draft status, uh, it doesn't impact our decision-making when it comes to building out our roster. We're going to take the best 53, and we're not going to worry about the pedigree coming in. But then when you think about Chicago and Jacksonville, um, it's an indictment in terms of like your processes when you're not able to keep guys around on second contracts. Now, I'm not saying that you expect the sixth and seventh rounder to be around for multiple contracts, but your first, second rounder, ideally they need to be there long enough because they are your nucleus, your foundational pieces 
to the program. And if you're not able to retain those guys, particularly your first rounder, there's a problem because that's a big swing and a miss. And you can't miss in the first two rounds. Great teams, great teams make sure they get it right on day one. And they should get it right when it comes to their second and third round pick. Because if you can get it right in those aspects, it allows you to have a stable basis. So now in free agency, you're going to feel maybe one void, not rebuild the entire team using free agent dollars because from an economical standpoint, it's not sensible to build your team that way. The other thing is when we talk about talent over everything. So not only, you know, are you not signing these guys to second contracts? Nobody in the league is signing these guys to second contracts because this isn't just limited to you re-signing your guys. This means that they're at the very bottom, Chicago Bears, only 53% of the players they've drafted have gone on to get a second contract from anyone. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that to me tells me you're not, you're not identifying talent. Um, yeah. And you can take that over to other sports as well and say, look, at the end of the day, we all want to be aspirational. We all want to find the perfect mm-hmm. person to go along with the per- perfect player. But you've got to start to the funnel of the talent. If they don't have the talent, they might be the smartest, the best leader. You can't play, you can't play. And if you have talent, Buck, you know it. You're going to get second, third, and fourth chances in this league. You do. You get an opportunity. And so, DJ, it, it, it starts with, okay, can you identify guys that have the prototypical things that you look for in an NFL player? Like people get mad at scouts during the draft process when they talk about height, weight, speed, uh, arm length, hand size, all those things. Well, those things typically translate. Like there's a reason why we study those things because over time, those guys with the measurables are the ones that tend to play in our league. Yes, they're always outliers that don't necessarily fit those things. But the league typically has a prototype at every position that plays well. So if you're missing that badly, poorly, you're missing on some of those things where you're taking chances on guys that aren't NFL players just from a talent standpoint. The other part of it when it comes directly to your team is the talent, but how does the talent fit within the scheme that you're running on offense and defense? Does the talented player – Look, is he an ideal fit for being uh, a three technique in a one gap up the field four three defense? Or is he more of a two gapper and you misidentified him? But even with that, the talent has to be there because someone else will give him an opportunity if he's an NFL prototype. And so it does speak to somewhere along the line, you are just swinging and missing and you just don't have a good feel for what an NFL player looks like. The other thing that this does, it's a competitive advantage when we go back up to that top. I mean, we've talked about on here for years about the Baltimore Ravens owning the comp process. You know, drafting players, third, fourth round, playing really well, getting huge deals elsewhere, let them walk, get a third round comp pick, get another talented player, and then just the cycle just keeps going, man. So they keep the cost down because they have the confidence knowing they know what talent looks like. We're going to bring in talented guys. We're not going to resign all of them. We're going to resign the guys that we feel are the key positions, the core guys. The other guys, we're going to let them walk, and we're going to get the comp picks you know, because of that formula, and we're going to just keep this thing churning because the guys we get are going to play in this league. Maybe not with us, but they're going to play in this league for a long time. They're going to play for a long time, and it's not a secret. Um, all scouting departments are not created equal. There are some teams that have a reputation around the league for being great when it comes to identifying, uh, drafting, and developing their talent. And those are the teams that you look for. And those are the same teams that in the preseason, you always have a bunch of scouts hovering at their preseason yeah. games because they know, hey, we're going to claim some of these players because traditionally this team gets NFL products in the building. Um, I, I think it's a deeper pod and maybe more of an offseason look is to look at those teams that were at the top. What is the scouting process like? 
Like yeah. what separates them from others? Like how do they go about it? Are they a team that digs a little deeper in the character stuff? Are they a team that watches tape collectively and makes decisions? Are they their team that uses maybe three or four cross checks to get enough eyes on the people? When you are as successful as the teams that we mentioned, there's something in the secret sauce to being able to get it right consistently over time. And I think we probably need to dig a little deeper to see why do these teams get it right consistently, whereas other teams are not able to be as consistent when it comes to selecting players. And I think that also goes into that continuity. You know, when you have a philosophy and you stick to it and then guys go out there, they know what they're looking for. They find it. They've been properly trained and developed. I, I think sometimes people don't realize that a lot of times you change a general manager, you wipe out a coaching, a scouting staff. And you might have guys that yeah, I've seen this a bunch, guys mm-hmm. that you get along with great on the road, and you think, man, this guy's a really good evaluator. Then you get him in the building and you get through two drafts, and you go, This guy has no clue what he's yeah. looking at. And you've had to now, when you're at an organization where you've kept the same staff in, I know you know what? Buck Buck crushes wideouts, but Buck's blind spot is linebackers. Like DJ, yeah. DJ, DJ can't interior linemen give him trouble. So we're not gonna really we're gonna kind of take his grades there, maybe not as important. Yes. It's, that's huge. When you know yes. your scouts, you, you know to, who you can trust on certain positions and players. You have to scout the scouts. There's not a team. There's not a team in the league that has a level scouts from top to bottom. But the best teams are able to understand this scout is good in this regard. This scout is good in that regard. When he gives this guy who is great on DBs, when he gives someone a low grade, that's really a higher grade for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, when this guy gives a big grade. Uh, we got to bring it down because he's an overzealous grader. Yeah. But the only way that you can know that about your scouts, they have to be around for a long time. Yeah. And then as the decision maker or the guy that's over top of the department, you know that. And so you allow people to play to their strengths and you're able to sort that out without embarrassing them. You just kind of know, like, I look at all the grades. I see how the grades come in. But I know these people well enough to know what this grade really means in the bigger scheme of things. Yeah, you might you might be my Midwest scout, and you're gonna do the Midwest guys. But then once we finish the fall, we get into what we call cross check season. Boy, Bucky has brought us in. We we drafted two DBs in the sixth, seventh round. He crushed it. He he nailed those guys. Got them right. So guess what, Buck? You get you got to watch all the corners in the whole draft. Yeah, and you're gonna be able to find us that fourth, fifth round pick because you've already done it for us twice. Um, yeah. That's where the advantage is. That is where the advantage is, and and everybody kind of has a specialty. Everybody has a sweet spot that they're really good at. They, they know exactly what to look at. They have a feel for it. Uh, they have success time and time again over uh, successive drafts, identifying guys who can make it. And it may not be drafting for your team, but it may be someone that you stood up on the table for that goes on and has success. You're like, man, yeah. you were right on that guy. Yep. Like, How did you know this guy was going? And so that builds up your resume and your reputation and allows you to kind of be a specialist within the room. But continuity allow, allows all of that to work because you have the same crew that grows up within the system together. They make their mistakes, they have their successes, but everyone grows. And then you got that trust, that relationship where, Hey, I trust that he's going to do a really good job looking at these kind of players. hundred um, percent. All right. We got a game tonight. We got your Jags. Uh, you can be working with the Jags. They're taking on the Raiders. I don't think we're going to see all the stars. We've talked a lot about the Jags, you know, with you spending time mm-hmm. out there. However, we haven't talked as much about the Raiders and, and our expectations for this group. Let me just put it to you this way, Buck. Uh, we've talked so much about what this group can be, you know, if it all works out and we know the star mm-hmm. power they have at wide out and on the defensive front. What would be 
you know, if you're if you're coming into this season, if you had a concern for the Raiders, what would it be? Uh, I think the concern for them always stems on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I love the addition of Chandler Jones. I like the, the you know, the, the thought of pairing him with Max Crosby and how they can generate a pass rush. I still worry about the second level of the defense with the linebackers. Uh, this league is one where you have to have you have to have like a, a, a dominant playmaker at all three levels to really play the kind of defense that you want to play. And so I'm trying to figure out who is going to emerge as that player on the second level that can hit, run, and chase, that can make the splash plays, that can get the stops, you know, when when they need to have them. That is where I'm looking at. And in this division where you have great quarterbacks, you have speed at tight end, you have playmakers all around, you still have to have someone on the second level that can run from sideline to sideline, that can create chaos maybe as a blitz or in coverage. I have a question mark about the Raiders' ability to have that guy because I don't think they have that guy right now. Denzel Perriman played well, put up huge numbers last year for them at the second level. Now, keep in mind, he was in this, that defense with Gus Bradley. He had played in it mm-hmm. with the Chargers, so he, there's familiarity there. Um, but he's a he's a he's a big time tackle collector. He's going to rack up big tackle uh, numbers. The question with him has been in coverage. Last year, uh, he was better, but he's got to continue to play at that level. And then I would say, give me a name, uh, Divine Diablo. You know, yeah, we remember Virginia talking Tech. about him coming Very excited out. About him. Very excited about him. Excited about him. So he's got some length and some range. I think he can he can be mm-hmm. that guy, a real difference maker. Um, but again, young player, emerging player. We'll see how he does. Uh, to me, I look at my concerns, Buck. Still the the corner position. How does that group come together? Um, and then you go over to the offensive side of the ball. I don't know how you could say anything other than the offensive line. There's some good pieces there. There's some question marks as well, particularly. Um, you look on that right side of the line and you look at some of the defensive fronts they're going to see. How are they going to use Leatherwood? Does he come around? Is he better? He's playing guard, he's playing tackle. Like those are things uh, yet to be determined. Yeah, they, they, they yet to be determined, but you have to do it and you got to sort it out. And, you know, the funny thing in, in talking to coaches uh, the last couple of weeks, a lot of that stuff would be determined not in preseason games. You got to try and get it done in joint practices. Yeah. The joint practices are the new thing right now. And people really love the joint practices because. It gives you game-like intensity, game-like speed, but in a controlled environment. And for coaches who want to see if they can get the game won with all of their pieces, the joint practice is a much better plan than playing in a preseason game, which is why you see so many guys engage in those joint practices ahead of a preseason. No doubt. Um, I'm going to give you one name to watch tonight. Tyron Johnson, uh, nicknamed T-Billy, was with the Chargers for a couple years. He has got legit speed. Guys that pop in the preseason, guys that can run. So when you're watching the game tonight, we'll see what Tyron Johnson does. Keep an eye. He's number one, so he'll be easy to find out there for the Raiders. I imagine he'll get some run out there. So keep an eye on him. I think you'll see him. Uh, he'll make some plays out there. And you get those guys that can run and get out there with a bunch of twos and threes, watch out. Uh, I will say that if you're looking for the number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, I would say make sure you're there early. Don't get up. <laughs> Don't get up and get your popcorn. Make sure all that stuff is is ready because when they kick off 8 o'clock, I think he's only going to play maybe a series or two, but they do want to put him out there. He's going to play, though, right? He is going to play a little bit. He's going to play a little bit, and their number one secondary is going to play a little bit as they try and put all this together. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of good young players I'm I'm excited to see on that Jags group. So uh, check out that game tonight. Uh, I'll be doing a little pregame and postgame on the network, and then we're going to be out at Chargers camp on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so we'll have uh, we're gonna get some great interviews there so we'll have those for the pod next week 
And uh, we're off and running. I'm so pumped, man. We got football games. And uh, like you said, the train has left the station. It didn't come back to the station for quite some time. So we made it. Football season is here. We appreciate you guys hanging with us. And we'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com. Turns out a delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything they make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients, their cleaning products smell like a dream and work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. Goodness, there's no better feeling than that. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Visit MrsMyers.com today. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Bosch at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.